Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. A push to the playoffs edition of Flyers Daily. Here we go. Hayes, Hayes shoots, he scores! Oh, he banks it off of first Lincolns. A bad goal for the Columbus netminder as Kevin Hayes caught him. Couturier, back hit, he scores! He lost it, tried to make the move and let it go along the ice between the pads. The Flyers take the 2-0 lead. Down low, Konechny gets it to Giroux, stumbling in the circle. Down low to Konechny, Konechny across his pants, he scores! Jake Borachek, what a pass from DK. The Flyers with their fifth goal of the game, lead 5-1. And that's what it sounded like tonight at the Wells Fargo Center as the Flyers defeat the Columbus Blue Jackets 5-1 and earn two very important points in the standings. Everybody, what a great day. Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. Hey, everybody, thank you for listening. Thanks for the correspondence on Twitter. You can hit me at Jason Mert. Make sure you give me a follow as well if you're not at Flyers Broadcast Network on Twitter as well. The correspondence has been great. We'll get to Twitter questions once again in this episode. This is your episode for Wednesday, the 19th of February, and the countdown and the push to the playoffs is on, and the Flyers took a huge step in the right direction with that win over the Columbus Blue Jackets. 5-1, they get the win, and they uh, jump over two teams in the standings in doing so. Obviously, they jump over Columbus, who they trailed by a point coming into the night. Flyers with 73 points now, and the New York Islanders as well, who were idle tonight. So the Flyers go from 71 to 73 and now sit in the third spot in the Metropolitan Division of the Eastern Conference and with the opportunity now to win both games of this back-to-back against Columbus, and that'll be on Thursday in Columbus, the second half of the home-and-home, home, uh, when the Flyers will get that opportunity. Another huge game, obviously, and you can really bolster your chances. When you can win these games against the teams that you're that A, are in your division in your conference, obviously, but also against a team where you're neck-and-neck neck with them for a playoff spot, when you can win those games, the the effect is huge. It's, in essence, a four-point game. Uh, but the Flyers tonight, they'll take that 5-1 win. It, it was it was weird. I mentioned this on the broadcast tonight. Um, I've been kind of saying that I felt like Columbus was going to fall off for a couple of weeks, and then finally it started to happen. They've now lost six straight games. And you can see the difference. When a team is playing good and things are going well, you need a little bit of luck as well to go on those really good heaters. And Columbus was on one. They were on a tremendous run. But when it goes bad... It's the other way around. Four of the Flyers' five goals tonight were bizarre. The first one, scored in the game by Kevin Hayes. A deflected pass out in front ends up hitting off the back of Elvis Merzlikens into the net. Okay, that's one. Number two, the second goal, Sean Couturier on a breakaway, loses the handle, isn't able to get it all the way to his backhand, doesn't really get the puck, and it just slides through the five hole of uh, Elvis Merzlikens. Bizarre, right? Number three, the Phil Myers goal. Throws it to the front of the net, hits off a Columbus defender into the net. And then number four, Travis Konechny on a kind of, it was almost like a lazy pass to the to the slot by Robert Hag, and he just deflects it. Two sticks are there, actually, Kevin Hayes and Travis Konechny, and boom, ends up in back of the net again. And then the power play goal by Jake Voracek. But when it's going bad, the point is, is that bad things happen, and you're lucky. And I don't know what they got to do. They got to do something to make the hockey gods happy, but they're not smiling on Columbus right now. They had been smiling on Columbus, which is why they were in the position they were, but I just never believed that they were a team that 
could sustain that. They just don't score enough goals. Their pl- goal differential now is only plus one. The Flyers have moved their goal differential, by the way, all the way to plus 20. Now, also tonight, it was a, ha- a start. No, also tonight, it was another historic night at the Wells Fargo Center uh, because the Flyers captain, Claude Giroux, he's been moving up in a lot of different areas with the team. And we know about the production that he's had over the years. We know he led the NHL in uh, power play points uh, for the decade of 2010 through 2020. And tonight, he had two assists in the game tonight. And he moved ahead of Bob Clark for number one on the all-time list in power play assists for the Philadelphia Flyers. So uh, quite an honor for Claude Drew. I had a chance to speak to him after the game. And here's what he had to say and reflect on the moment, both the win and breaking Bob Clark's record. And you love when an important assist or a history-making assist, it comes in a win and a very important win for you guys. First, talk about the game tonight and what it meant to get the two points in the standings. Yeah, it's huge, uh, especially against a team that we're uh, in a race with. I think... Uh, uh, right when the game started, we're uh, we're ready to go, and um, no, maybe we didn't have a lot of shots on that, but I think we played the right way. Gee, it's always fun to score goals. You get five of them tonight, but we've talked so much about structure that now Elaine Vigneault has in place. Can you explain what the Flyers' structure has turned into? Yeah, I think it's something that we believe right now in, and uh, we're playing the right way. Everybody's doing it. There's no exception, and uh, you know, it's when you have a team that everybody on the team does it. It's uh, uh, usually it's gonna you're gonna have success. So uh, obviously right now we have a lot of work to do still, but uh, we like the, in the, the the position that we're in right now. I think it's only fitting that you'd have to get that record-breaking and assist in a kind of a flamboyant fashion, doing it on your knees. I mean that was unbelievable. I mean I didn't do much there. I just gave it to TK and he made a he made he made the great pass. So, uh, but you know what? It's uh, uh, it was good to kind of get that goal and uh, uh, be able to to have a uh, a, b- a bigger lead. Uh, to get that assist tonight for you, to move ahead of Bob Clark, you know what he mean- meant to this organization in his time here, one of the greats. Uh, what does it mean to you to, to be at the top of that list? Uh, it's great. Uh, I mean, obviously, uh, Clark he had an amazing career, and uh, I think I was lucky enough to play with a, a lot of great players, and uh, so they uh, they helped me a lot on, on, the, on the power play, and, um, you know, it's... Uh, uh, I don't, I don't, it's I don't, pretty humbling, huh? I don't really know what to All say. All right, there he is, Claude Drew, after breaking Bob Clark's record for power play assists in Flyers franchise history. Great stuff. Let's get to the Twitter questions. I love this part of the episode. I hope you do, too. You can reach me on Twitter, at Jason Mert. Tim Tobin tweets in. He's gotten a few in because he asks good questions. He said, where would you rank the Flyers' bottom six forwards in the conference? He said, to me, it's got to be top three. Ooh, I'd have to do a lot of homework on that, Tim. There's certainly been a huge upgrade and a big help to this team, and they've gotten a ton of depth scoring, whether that's been Pitlick with a, a goal here or there or a big goal or Michael Raffle or Scott Lawton, who's having a good season, or that third line with Nicholas Albay-Kubel or Bunneman and the forechecking they've done and causing uh, you know the other team to take a penalty and put your team on the power play. It's pretty darn good, but I'd have to really dig in to figure out exactly where I'd have them. Uh, Jared tweets in. He says, who's in that on Thursday or Saturday? What's Hart's workload like here or maybe just for the next couple of weeks? Well, that's going to be hard for me to tell. Um, They do have some back-to-back still left on the schedule, and they have one coming up next week. Um, But I'm not going to play the kid into the ground. I'm going to play him a decent amount, but I'm not going to play Carter Hart into the ground because I have a good backup goalie in Brian Elliott, and I do need to get him some playing time because – you want to keep him sharp. You can't go three weeks in between starts for a backup goaltender. It's very difficult 
for a backup goaltender to just practice and then not get into game situations for that long a period of time. So you do have to be mindful of that. They have some back-to-backs, and they'll split those. So it'll get a good workload. As far as Thursday goes, I would start Carter Hart on Thursday in Columbus. Absolutely. I don't. I, I put no by not starting him. You're putting more stock in that he struggled on the road this season, and I think that's the wrong mental message for him. Colin tweets in and says, "As someone familiar with the position, what do you think is the best strategy for handling the goaltending down the stretch?" Well, I just got to answer that. Um, but yeah, it's just so hard for guys to to not play and then get thrown into what is basically almost playoff hockey right now because of how tight things are. So you have to keep Brian Elliott involved. Uh, John Scrillo tweets in. Oh, sorry, John, I might have butchered your name. Um, he said, will the GM trade for a proven goal scorer or go for defense? Um, I think D, none of the above. And here's what I'll start def- defense. They're fine defensively. They have enough depth there. Um, they have an extra piece with Gosses Bear out right now, but we'll be coming back. I don't think they trade for defense. I don't think it makes any sense for them to trade for defense. As far as trading for a proven goal scorer, okay, well, first, who is that proven goal scorer? What's he getting paid? Most really good proven goal scorers are getting paid a good amount of money. The Flyers don't have a a tremendous amount of cap space, so in any kind of trade like that, they'd have to send money out and, and some combination perhaps even have a team retain part of that. Plus, proven goal scorers don't go on the market very often. Um, Tags tweets in and says, do you think there's any truth to the report by Elliot Friedman that the Flyers are looking at Jeff Carter? Now, Elliot Friedman from Sportsnet in Canada, he's one of the most trustworthy guys reporting anything when it comes to the NHL. Friege is tremendous. Um, I think he's probably heard something. I think the Flyers have monitored the Jeff Carter situation. Um, I don't think it's likely to happen, though. I just don't believe that it'll happen. I think there's also a fear that if they do that, he would retire and therefore there would be a recapture on his contract. He wants to stay in L.A. I believe he stays there. Zach tweets in and says, do you feel the Flyers can fill a need at the trade deadline, or do you feel they have the pieces in place to make a deep run on the roster already? Well, you guys know how I feel about the trade deadline at this point. I'm not a big trade deadline guy. You have 25% of the season left at deadline, and I, I don't see a lot of situations where deadline deals put a team over the top to win the Cup. I think a lot of times it's a reach, and you're making you're, you're reaching for a player at a time when it's silly, when the prices for these players is so high that you have to overpay. So, I, look, it, it all depends on Nolan Patrick. This is the big wild card. I've talked about it before. If they get Nolan Patrick back, they're not going to do anything. If they feel like he can't go the rest of the way this season, perhaps they made some kind of supplemental deal and pick up a, a third-line center or a winger and find some combination that they can keep Claude Giroux on the wing. Chris tweets in and says, What's up with the crowd tonight? I was expecting a playoff-type atmosphere tonight. Didn't get that. An important win, but was hoping the place would be rocking like old times. Now, the funny thing about that, Chris, is you had that tweet, and I got this one as well from Jaden. He says, I was at the game uh, against Columbus. Definitely felt that playoff energy, and it's only February. So two guys, Jaden goes, felt like a playoff atmosphere. Chris goes, what's up with the crowd? If it didn't feel like a playoff atmosphere. I don't know. So um, I wasn't in the crowd per se. I was in the press box for the first period at the Zamboni entrance in the second. Um, it seemed fine to me. It was it was weird. The second period wasn't tremendously exciting. There wasn't a ton happening. There was only nine shots in the first period. So um, it wasn't one of those electric games. Uh, but the Flyers still did put five goals on the board. And each team, I think, played tight through a lot of the game to try and limit and limit chances and shot suppression. All right, last Twitter question here comes from Groot. By the way, nice uh, avatar Groot. 
you have Big Bird on there. He says, even with the Flyers playing excellent hockey tonight, do you think this team stands a chance against teams with superstars like the Capitals, Penguins, Bruins, and Lightning? Even if we get into the playoffs, I can't see how we get past any of those teams in a playoff series. Well, Groot, I'd like to introduce you to the Stanley Cup playoffs. Perhaps you didn't watch it last year. Did you see last year where the Columbus Blue Jackets swept the Tampa Bay Lightning? By the way, the Tampa Bay Lightning, I believe, had 128 points last year in the standings, got swept in the first round by a team that got swept in the second round. The Stanley Cup playoffs, any team that gets in can win the Cup. Now, some teams, maybe it's very, very unlikely that they would be able to win a Cup. But that being said, when the Flyers went to the Cup in 2010, they were a seventh seed. They got into the playoffs on the shootout in the final game of the season against the New York Rangers. First round, they beat the New Jersey Devils in five. Second round, we, we know what happened there when they came back from down 0-3 to beat the Boston Bruins in game seven. Then in the conference final, they were the seventh seed, mind you. They had home ice advantage because the eighth-seeded Montreal Canadiens and Yarrow Halak went on a run and took out the Washington Capitals. So the Flyers in the conference final had the home Ice advantage, got past the Montreal Canadiens, and got to the cup final. So I don't know what like the point of the question was. Was it, can they go on a run, or was it, what's the point? Because I don't think we can beat the Capitals, Penguins, Bruins, and Lightning. Well, they played all those teams, and they've beaten those teams. They beat the Caps in Washington a week and a half ago, 7-2. to two. They, beat the, they beat the Penguins at the Wells Fargo Center 3-0. They beat the Bruins when they were down 5-2 in the shootout. They beat St. Louis in St. Louis. So I don't get this mentality, but I appreciate the question. For everybody, thanks for listening. Leave us a rating and review. Subscribe to the podcast as well. And do me a favor. Enjoy your hobby. Yeah,